Welcome back to our study of the Psalms. We are looking at Psalm 18 today. It's a rather lengthy psalm, uh, but we'll try to work through it quickly. Uh, and I just want to say here at the outset, I, I remember um, learning, hearing uh, Dr. Hamilton preach this psalm. Uh, he taught this psalm in class. I'm leaning heavily on uh, his explanation, his insights of this psalm. So I just want to give him credit for that here at the beginning. Now, <clears throat> Psalm 18 gives us a pretty... Uh, significant and lengthy description of what it is about or the occasion uh, for which it was written when it says, uh, to the choir master, a psalm of David. Okay, we're used to seeing that. But then it says, um, calls David the servant of the Lord, who addressed the words of this song to the Lord on the day when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul, he said. And then it goes into the psalm. So. The context, the setting for Psalm 18 is God delivering David from all of his enemies and in particular, delivering him from Saul. All right, so what David does is in the first six verses, he praises God for the deliverance that he has experienced. He says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompassed me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. So he's praising God, right, for the deliverance that God has accomplished for him, how he's, you know, given him uh, rest from all of his enemies, delivered him from his enemies. And he talks about God being his rock, his stronghold, his refuge. Um, all these are ideas that David, of course, would have been familiar with, uh, both from, uh, you know, fleeing from Saul and looking for places of refuge and places where he could be well defended and protected, but also uh, from David's, um, you know, military experience. Uh, God is the one who uh, protects him, defends him as his, uh, you know, his refuge, his strength, and so on. Um, and David says, you know, what he's experienced is not, like in verse 4 and 5, uh, it, it's clear that it's not just that David has experienced some hardships, but that uh, David has been near to death, that he's almost died. Uh, we see this, you know, with Saul trying to uh, pin David to the wall with a spear. Um, you know, David was <clears throat> someone who experienced um, some pretty terrible things, right? And, um, and, you know, describes it in terms of like almost being captured by death, as it were. But he called out to God, verse 6, uh, God heard him. And God delivered him. So verses 7 to 19 uh, describe this deliverance, but it does so, and here's where I'm especially leaning on Hamilton here. Um, he describes his deliverance using the language and imagery, excuse me, imagery of the Exodus. So in particular, Exodus 19, where God comes down on Mount Sinai and there's smoke and fire and thunder and all and all of that and God speaks to Israel from Mount Sinai gives them the Ten Commandments and also when God delivers Israel from uh, the Egyptians 
uh, at the Red Sea. Uh, we're going to see a connection to Moses here as well. And so David is using this imagery right, to just, it's not that this is what happened, um, you know, literally, so to speak, when David uh, was delivered. Uh, you, when we read these verses, it's not going to sound like any event from David's life. It's going to sound like the events of the Exodus. Uh, but what David is doing is he's using that language to say the same God who delivered Israel from Egypt is the same God who delivered me from my enemies. All right, so here's how he does that. Verse 7, he says, Then the earth reeled and rocked, the foundations also of the mountains trembled and quaked because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth, glowing coals flamed forth from him. He bowed the heavens and came down. Thick heavens was under his, or excuse me, thick darkness was under his feet. He rode on a cherub and flew. He came swiftly on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him. Thick clouds dark with water. Out of the brightness before him, hailstones and coals of fire broke through his clouds. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the Most High uttered his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. And he sent out his arrows and scattered them. He flashed forth lightnings and routed them. Then the channels of the sea were seen, and the foundations of the world were laid bare at your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils. He sent from on high. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. There's the connection to Moses. Moses' name, uh, we're told in Exodus 2, means something like, um, you know, I drew him out of the water. Um, so he drew me out of many waters. He rescued me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. So again, you can read through all the stories of, of David's life. There's nothing in there that sounds quite like this, right? Where God shows up in this sort of um, visible and, and terrifying way against David's enemies. Uh, instead, uh, David is, again, describing his real deliverance in terms of the real Exodus, but he's using the imagery of Exodus to describe uh, what it was like for God to deliver him, um, in part to show us that it's the same God rescuing him who rescued Israel uh, in the days of the Exodus. <clears throat> so um, then he begins to describe his own character and in David's own character. And this reminds us of how he described himself uh, back in Psalm 17 as well. Verse 20, he says, The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his rules were before me and his statutes I did not put away from me. I was blameless before him and I kept myself from my guilt. So the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. So we've talked about before, and this comes up often in the Psalms, so it's helpful to know and to remember, when David says this, he's not saying he's sinless. He's not saying he's perfect. First of all, we know better. Right? The Bible tells us that David was not sinless. We know about his sin with Bathsheba and Uriah. We know about, um, and that's not the only thing, right? He, he took a census he wasn't supposed to take. And David did some sinful things. What he's talking about here, just like he was in Psalm 17, was in this particular matter, right? In his relationship to Saul, um, 
and perhaps we could broaden it to his enemies in general. Um, David did what was right. Uh, Saul was a king who rebelled against God, um, who went his own way, who was proud and foolish. David was not like that. Uh, David was humble. David was faithful. David resolved not to stretch out his hand against Saul. He had a chance to kill Saul when Saul was hunting him down. He didn't take it. He refused to harm Saul or to try to take the throne by force. So Saul is trying to kill and hunt down David when David has done nothing wrong towards Saul. It's not that he's done nothing wrong at all. In Psalm 51, he's going to be very clear and plain about how uh, sinfully he has acted in the matter with Bathsheba and her husband Uriah. He, he is a man who has sinned um, deeply, right, and, and horribly. Uh, but in his relation to Saul, uh, he's done what is right. He is not the guilty party here. And Saul and David are not equivalent here, right? Because Saul is trying to kill David for no other reason than God has chosen David to take his place as king, right? And uh, and the people love David more than they love Saul. They sing, you know, Saul has killed his thousands, David has killed his tens of thousands. So it's it's jealousy primarily, it seems, or something along those lines that's motivating Saul. And David is not trying to kill Saul or get rid of Saul. Um, and so that's what he's talking about, his righteousness in that matter. And then he moves to the character of God, verse 25. And he says, with the merciful, you show yourself merciful. With the blameless man, you show yourself blameless. With the purified, you show yourself pure. And with the crooked, you make yourself seem tortuous. For you save a humble people, but the haughty eyes you bring down. For it is you who light my lamp. The Lord my God lightens my darkness. For by you I can run against the troop. And by my God, I can leap over a wall. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. So notice in verse 27, he says that God saves a humble people, but the haughty eyes, he says, you bring down. It's what the Bible says all over the place, uh, right? Like in James, where it says that God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Um, Hannah celebrates the same thing in her um prayer or song in, in 1 Samuel 2, um, that uh, Luke emphasizes this as well, um, that God lifts up the humble and he brings down the proud. That's what happened with David and Saul, right? Saul became king and he became proud. He didn't listen to Samuel. He didn't obey God. He did his own thing. He was proud while David was humble. He was a shepherd. He was, you know, nobody thought he would be king. Um, but he's the one that God chose. You could also think of the connection between um, David and Goliath. Goliath is obviously proud, haughty. He's mocking the Lord. David is humble, right? And he trusts God to deliver him. So David has witnessed this in his life. This is what God does. Um, and God uh, is a shield, he says in verse 30, um, for those who take refuge in him. Right? David has been protected by God because David sought refuge in God. So he talks about his own character, then he talks about God's character. And then in verses 31 to 42, he makes clear, David makes clear that it is because of what God has done in him and for him that he has uh, been able to conquer his enemies. He, he doesn't take the credit himself, uh, but instead he gives the credit to God. 
beginning of verse 31. He says, For who is God but the Lord, and who is a rock except our God? The God who equipped me with strength and made my way blameless. He made my feet like the feet of a deer and set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have given me the shield of your salvation, and your right hand supported me, and your gentleness made me great. You gave a wide place for my steps under me, and my feet did not slip. I pursued my enemies and overtook them and did not turn back till they were consumed. I thrust them through so that they were not able to rise. They fell under my feet. How was he able to do that? Verse 39. For you equipped me with strength for the battle. You made those who rise against me sink under me. You made my enemies turn their backs to me, and those who hated me I destroyed. They cried for help, but there was none to save. They cried to the Lord, but he did not answer them. I beat them fine as dust before the wind. I cast them out like the mire of the streets. You delivered me from from strife with the people. You made me the head of the nations. People whom I had not known served me. As soon as they heard of me, they obeyed me. Foreigners came cringing to me. Foreigners lost heart and came trembling out of their fortresses. So David gives all the credit to God, all the glory to God for all of his victory, his conquest. It's God who's given him strength. God who's given him victory. God gets all the credit. And so verse 43 to 50, uh, he praises God for that deliverance. We already read uh, 43 to 45. We'll pick it up verse 46. It says, The Lord lives and blessed be my rock, and exalted be the God of my salvation, the God who gave me vengeance, and subdued peoples under me. You rescued me from my enemies. Yes, you exalted me above those who rose against me. You deliver me from the man of violence. For this I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations, and sing to your name. <coughs> Great salvation he brings to his king and shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David and his offspring forever. And with that, that last line, he points us how this psalm is ultimately fulfilled in Christ. God bless.